The key was rusty, splotched red and gray. It almost blended in with the copper gold of the dead autumn leaves, but it didn't. It stood out to the boy. And so the boy bent down and picked it up. Lucky find, he said, gazing at the key with reverence. Images of great adventure played in his mind, chased by phantoms of guilt and worry. He wasn't supposed to be wandering, not here, not today. What was it his mother had said? Something about the stars in the sky, the angle of the sun. There are omens in the air, she'd say. You get us some water from the river and you come right back, you hear? Today ain't no time for play and keep away from that old well. Of course, the boy had said. He'd promised that under no circumstance would he dilly or dawdle, nor wander to that old well. She gave him a pat on the head, a kiss on his cheek, told him to give a holler if he saw anything odd, and then sent him on his way. But this key, strange as it was, wasn't odd. It was just a key. The world had plenty of keys. The boy had seen several of them, and never once had any of those keys caused trouble. So why should this one? The only question was, who did it belong to? What did it open? He scanned the grassy clearing. There wasn't much around him, except a scatter of trees to the north, the river to the east, and the old well to the south. No doors to unlock, no gates to open. Nowhere to put this rusty key besides in his moth-eaten pocket. And so he did just that. I'll keep an eye out, he thought to himself, trudging off toward the river. He imagined the key might have fallen from one of his neighbor's pockets, but it looked so old, so worn. It didn't look like the sort of key one walked around with. It looked like the sort of key that had a purpose, the sort that unlocked things much grander than houses or sheds. The boy reached the river and lowered his bucket, filling it with water. As he lifted it from the current, he thought it looked peculiar. The water was off, he decided. It wasn't right. He leaned forward and gave the bucket a sniff, and it smelled rancid, dead. It smelled like just touching that water on your lips might kill you worse than any plague. Thirsty, a voice called. The boy wheeled around. He looked from the grassy clearing to the mess of trees to the old well. There was nobody there. He narrowed his eyes, peering out toward his house up high on the hill. But the front door was closed, and his mother wasn't on the porch. Over here, said the voice. The boy turned, looking up at the well. Over where? Over here. Be a dear and come a little closer, would you? I'm quite old, and my hearing isn't much these days. The boy felt his palms clam up. The voice didn't sound so bad, but it felt awful. It felt like somebody had taken a sweet person's voice, slathered it in tar and hornets, and then stuffed it full of broken glass. Sorry, the boy said. I told my mom I'd be back in just a few, and I should really be getting on. And it was the truth. He'd swore to his mother that he'd steer clear of that old well, and promised that he'd neither dilly nor dawdle. Before you go, the voice said, you wouldn't happen to have found a key around here, would you? I seem to have misplaced mine. The boy paused. A key? Yes, an old one. 
probably quite rusty and not much to look at, but it's an important key. It means a great deal to me, and I would be quite grateful to have it returned. The boy felt the weight of the key in his pocket. His heart thrummed. Surely a short jaunt to the well couldn't hurt, could it? He'd only be just a moment, and besides, he'd learn at last what this rusty old key unlocked. I did find one, the boy said, making his way toward the voice. Oh, good. I was so worried the sun would set before I found it. When the boy reached the well, he paused. There was nobody there. Nobody sitting behind the well or even out of sight. Nobody on the other side of the little hill. Nobody anywhere. Down here, said the voice. The boy stared at the well, some ten paces away. You're inside there? I have to be, don't I? How else am I going to use the key? The boy's feet marched forward, each step more hesitant than the last. The nearer he came to the well, the more frightened he felt, the more worried. Almost there. Come right up to the cobbled brick, would you? I should like to see the face of my helper. The boy did. He got right to the stones, standing before the frayed rope that once held a bucket, and he leaned over the side and peered down. I don't see you. That's okay. I see you just fine. You have such lovely eyes, did you know that? So blue and wide, almost like tiny oceans living in your skull. Thank you, said the boy, although he did not feel complimented. Who are you? Me? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm just a lost soul, making my way through life. Probably no different than you. I used to live up there, actually in a little house on a hill with a big porch and a... I live there now. Oh, is that so? What a coincidence. The boy smiled. It was nice to know he and this voice had something in common. Say, said the voice, would you mind if I asked you to toss me down that key of yours? I'd like to try it on this lock. I think it might be the key I've lost. Okay, said the boy. He reached his hand over the well And just as he was about to drop the key, a horrible sensation rippled across his skin. It felt a bit like a funeral, or perhaps a hospital room. It felt odd. I think I should ask my mom first. Ask your mom? It might belong to her, the boy explained. She's always misplacing things, and if I go chucking her stuff in the well, then she'll be quite upset. That wasn't entirely true, of course but it was the best excuse the boy could come up with. He no longer felt much like talking to the voice. The boy turned and began jogging back home. Wait! The boy stopped. His skin prickled with a feeling that he really ought to ignore the voice in the well. The sun was just about to set, and soon he'd be out here all alone in the dark, without so much as a lantern to light his way home. I'm hurt, moaned the voice. I'm hurt badly, and I need that key of yours to get out of here. I needed to get help. The boy swallowed. His mother had always taught him that it was a good, godly thing to help those in need. What's wrong with you? asked the boy. My mom's good with treating wounds. I'll go get her and... No, there's simply no time, I'm afraid. If I don't get out of here now, then the snakes will finish me off. I won't last the night. Snakes? The boy gasped. 
Yes, there are so many of them in here, crawling and slithering. It's quite a nightmare. But if you just toss me the key, then I can get myself free. And I'll even tell your mom what a good deed you've done. The boy thought about it. If he saved this person, then his mother would be quite proud of him. So proud, in fact, that she might forget he wandered to the well at all. Okay, he said. He stepped up to the well and opened his palm. The key, all red with rust, fell into the darkness where it never made a splash. Did you catch it? Silence. Hello? No response. Perhaps he hadn't been fast enough, thought the boy. Perhaps the snakes, angry and vicious, had gotten to the voice before he was able to free itself from its awful ordeal. Then the boy heard a shriek. It had come from behind him, from his house. He turned and saw the sun had now fully set and the front door of his house was swinging open in the summer breeze. The light from inside spilling out like a beacon. Somebody was running down the hill, somebody familiar. Stop, his mother cried, get away from there. Something rumbled in the well. The cobblestone bricks that encircled it, old and weather beaten, began to crumble inside like a collapsing star. The boy stared into the murky shadows, wondering where the voice had gotten to, and the shadows stared back at him. Two swirling eyes gazed up like the tainted starscape of a dead galaxy. They blinked, fading to black, and then reappearing. A voice rose from them. It was the sound of a battlefield, of a genocide. It was the sound of hell itself, screaming in everlasting torment. Thank you, it said. But the boy didn't respond. He couldn't. His own voice was gone now. The world around him was leaving with it, melting away like a pastel painting amidst an inferno. He fell to his knees. He gasped for breath. His mind no longer brimmed with childlike curiosity, but instead with a hurricane of violence. He felt lost, disoriented. His mother called out to him, but even as she did, her voice became strange, unfamiliar and odd. It was as though he were losing himself, losing her. It was as though a thousand worms were eating away at his memories and leaving nightmares in their place. Do you remember me? Said the voice. You and I were close once, before your mother stole you and made you a fragile thing of flesh and bone. We weren't meant for things. We had destinies, you and I. Destinies? Thought the boy. Let him be! Shrieked his mother, now close at hand. He felt her gripping his body, cradling him in her arms and staring, teary-eyed into his own vacant pupils. He couldn't speak to her. He couldn't so much as move. She shook him called to him. She said a hundred prayers in the span of a minute, and yet nothing she did could break him from this awful spell. Say goodbye to her. Goodbye? Why should I do that? Because, said the voice, I've been down here for so very long, and I have grown so very hungry. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these stories, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out some more of my episodes here. The key was rusty, splotched red and gray. It almost blended in with the copper gold of the dead autumn leaves, but it didn't. It stood out to the boy. And so the boy bent down and picked it up. Lucky find, he said, gazing at the key with reverence. 
Images of great adventure played in his mind, chased by phantoms of guilt and worry. He wasn't supposed to be wandering, not here, not today. What was it his mother had said? Something about the stars in the sky, the angle of the sun. There are omens in the air, she'd say. You get us some water from the river and you come right back, you hear? Today ain't no time for play and keep away from that old well. Of course, the boy had said. He'd promised that under no circumstance would he dilly or dawdle, nor wander to that old well. She gave him a pat on the head, a kiss on his cheek, told him to give a holler if he saw anything odd, and then sent him on his way. But this key, strange as it was, wasn't odd. It was just a key. The world had plenty of keys. The boy had seen several of them, and never once had any of those keys caused trouble. So why should this one? The only question was, who did it belong to? What did it open? He scanned the grassy clearing. There wasn't much around him, except a scatter of trees to the north, the river to the east, and the old well to the south. No doors to unlock, no gates to open. Nowhere to put this rusty key besides in his moth-eaten pocket. And so he did just that. I'll keep an eye out, he thought to himself, trudging off toward the river. He imagined the key might have fallen from one of his neighbor's pockets, but it looked so old, so worn. It didn't look like the sort of key one walked around with. It looked like the sort of key that had a purpose, the sort that unlocked things much grander than houses or sheds. The boy reached the river and lowered his bucket, filling it with water. As he lifted it from the current, he thought it looked peculiar. The water was off, he decided. It wasn't right. He leaned forward and gave the bucket a sniff, and it smelled rancid, dead. It smelled like just touching that water on your lips might kill you worse than any plague. Thirsty, a voice called. The boy wheeled around. He looked from the grassy clearing to the mess of trees, to the old well. There was nobody there. He narrowed his eyes, peering out toward his house up high on the hill. But the front door was closed, and his mother wasn't on the porch. Over here, said the voice. The boy turned, looking up at the well. Over where? Over here. Be a deer and come a little closer, would you? I'm quite old, and my hearing isn't much these days. The boy felt his palms clam up. The voice didn't sound so bad, but it felt awful. It felt like somebody had taken a sweet person's voice, slathered it in tar and hornets, and then stuffed it full of broken glass. Sorry, the boy said. I told my mom I'd be back in just a few, and I should really be getting on. And it was the truth. He'd swore to his mother that he'd steer clear of that old well, and promised that he'd neither dilly nor dawdle. Before you go, the voice said, you wouldn't happen to have found a key around here, would you? I seem to have misplaced mine. The boy paused. A key? Yes, an old one. Probably quite rusty, and not much to look at. But it's an important key. It means a great deal to me and I would be quite grateful to have it returned. The boy felt the weight of the key in his pocket. His heart thrummed. 
Surely a short jaunt to the well couldn't hurt, could it? He'd only be just a moment, and besides, he'd learn at last what this rusty old key unlocked. I did find one, the boy said, making his way toward the voice. Oh, good. I was so worried the sun would set before I found it. When the boy reached the well, he paused. There was nobody there. Nobody sitting behind the well or even out of sight. Nobody on the other side of the little hill. Nobody anywhere. Down here, said the voice. The boy stared at the well, some ten paces away. You're inside there? I have to be, don't I? How else am I going to use the key? The boy's feet marched forward, each step more hesitant than the last. The nearer he came to the well, the more frightened he felt, the more worried. Almost there. Come right up to the cobbled brick, would you? I should like to see the face of my helper. The boy did. He got right to the stones, standing before the frayed rope that once held a bucket, and he leaned over the side and peered down. I don't see you. That's okay. I see you just fine. You have such lovely eyes, did you know that? So blue and wide, almost like tiny oceans living in your skull. Thank you, said the boy, although he did not feel complimented. Who are you? Me? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm just a lost soul, making my way through life. Probably no different than you. I used to live up there, actually, in a little house on a hill with a big porch and a... I live there now. Oh, is that so? What a coincidence. The boy smiled. It was nice to know he and this voice had something in common. Say, said the voice, would you mind if I asked you to toss me down that key of yours? I'd like to try it on this lock. I think it might be the key I've lost. Okay, said the boy. He reached his hand over the well, and just as he was about to drop the key, a horrible sensation rippled across his skin. It felt a bit like a funeral, or perhaps a hospital room. It felt odd. I think I should ask my mom first. Ask your mom? It might belong to her, the boy explained. She's always misplacing things, and if I go chucking her stuff in the well, then she'll be quite upset. That wasn't entirely true, of course but it was the best excuse the boy could come up with. He no longer felt much like talking to the voice. The boy turned and began jogging back home. Wait! The boy stopped. His skin prickled with a feeling that he really ought to ignore the voice in the well. The sun was just about to set, and soon he'd be out here all alone in the dark, without so much as a lantern to light his way home. I'm hurt, moaned the voice. I'm hurt badly, and I need that key of yours to get out of here. I needed to get help. The boy swallowed. His mother had always taught him that it was a good, godly thing to help those in need. What's wrong with you? asked the boy. My mom's good with treating wounds. I'll go get her and... No, there's simply no time, I'm afraid. If I don't get out of here now, then the snakes will finish me off. I won't last the night. Snakes? the boy gasped. Yes, there are so many of them in here, crawling and slithering. It's quite a nightmare, but if you just toss me the key, then I can get myself free, and I'll even tell your mom what a good deed you've done. The boy thought about it. 
If he saved this person, then his mother would be quite proud of him. So proud, in fact, that she might forget he wandered to the well at all. Okay, he said. He stepped up to the well and opened his palm. The key, all red with rust, fell into the darkness where it never made a splash. Did you catch it? Silence. Hello? No response. Perhaps he hadn't been fast enough, thought the boy. Perhaps the snakes, angry and vicious, had gotten to the voice before he was able to free itself from its awful ordeal. Then the boy heard a shriek. It had come from behind him, from his house. He turned and saw the sun had now fully set and the front door of his house was swinging open in the summer breeze. The light from inside spilling out like a beacon. Somebody was running down the hill, somebody familiar. Stop, his mother cried. Get away from there. Something rumbled in the well. The cobblestone bricks that encircled it, old and weather-beaten, began to crumble inside like a collapsing star. The boy stared into the murky shadows, wondering where the voice had gotten to, and the shadows stared back at him. Two swirling eyes gazed up like the tainted starscape of a dead galaxy. They blinked, fading to black and then reappearing. A voice rose from them. It was the sound of a battlefield, of a genocide. It was the sound of hell itself, screaming in everlasting torment. Thank you, it said. But the boy didn't respond. He couldn't. His own voice was gone now. The world around him was leaving with it, melting away like a pastel painting amidst an inferno. He fell to his knees. He gasped for breath. His mind no longer brimmed with childlike curiosity, but instead with a hurricane of violence. He felt lost, disoriented. His mother called out to him, but even as she did, her voice became strange, unfamiliar and odd. It was as though he were losing himself, losing her. It was as though a thousand worms were eating away at his memories and leaving nightmares in their place. Do you remember me? Said the voice. You and I were close once, before your mother stole you and made you a fragile thing of flesh and bone. We weren't meant for things. We had destinies, you and I. Destinies? Thought the boy. Let him be! Shrieked his mother, now close at hand. He felt her gripping his body, cradling him in her arms and staring, teary-eyed into his own vacant pupils. He couldn't speak to her. He couldn't so much as move. She shook him called to him. She said a hundred prayers in the span of a minute, and yet nothing she did could break him from this awful spell. Say goodbye to her. Goodbye? Why should I do that? Because, said the voice, I've been down here for so very long, and I have grown so very hungry. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these stories, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out some more of my episodes here.